0: Hey, this is Brad in L.A., or as I'm known on the cruise ship, Showtime Brad! And Stuck in the 80s wanted to give you a heads up that you can join Spearzy and me on the 80s cruise for a lot less than you think. Rates on an inside cabin are now just $1,750 per person, and cabins with an ocean view are just $2,200 per person. Plus, remember, this year's 80s cruise is throwing in free drinks for everybody. Well, 14 total. That ought to get Spearzy through Monday. 80s Nation, think about joining us this year. I guarantee an epic vacation all the details can be found at wwwv 80 scruisecom and remember to use the discount code stuck when booking see you on the Lido deck now let's get this show started
1: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight.
2: <laughs> Everybody Wang Chung tonight. <laughs> the movies.
3: Yes! 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 Oh!
4: Oh! Oh! I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No
2: one in my family ever drinks.
4: That's great! you probably never run out of ice your whole life.
2: Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not
3: 1985 right
1: now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring.
4: They say I'm crazy just a little bit. Out of whack I always like to act my dreams out.
3: They call me a maniac. Well, if
4: I'm crazy, what one wonderful way to be.
1: Imagine all the possibility if the whole world was just like me. Ooh. Hey hey, welcome to Stuck in the Eighties. It's your host Steve Spears and Brad in LA. And today we finally have a new edition of 80s News Now.
0: Yeah, it's been so long between shows that we were starting to get a little... Should I say it? Say it. Stir crazy?
1: We're mixing things up this week, aren't we, Brad? Yeah. people. <laughs> Lots of little surprises in this week's show. It's been a while since we recorded, and... Uh, I thought, well, let's just see if we can't exercise our muscles in a slightly different direction. Hmm.
0: Yeah, we're doing plyometric podcasting this week. <laughs>
1: that, is, that is exactly what we're doing. Uh, it's been a while. We uh, last time we we gathered it was uh, for an interview with Tiffany, and uh, a lot of news has happened in the meantime. Oh so we've was that really our last day. show? Wow. Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been slacking. We have been. We've been really busy. I mean, school has started. I have a work project that's due this week. Uh, Life's gotten in the way, and a lot of 80s news has uh, passed us by, so we thought we'd take time out and uh, catch everybody on up with uh, what's happening in the world of the 80s. So let's get started. Mm Another part of our childhood has ended. On August 29th, Gene Wilder, star of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, passed away at his Connecticut home of complications from Alzheimer's disease. He was 83. Though Mr. Wilder's work is multi-generational, he's beloved by the 80s generation for pre-decade classics such as Willy Wonka, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and The Producers. During the 80s, he gave us Stir Crazy, Hanky Panky, The Woman in Red, Haunted Honeymoon, and see no evil, hear no evil. Brad, where were you when you heard the news? Um,
0: I was at lunch with my friend Miles, who is the, you know, as as I am to you, I am the angel of death to you. He's the angel of death to me. He was always sending me stuff like, oh, so-and-so died. So I was sitting on the patio at Foxy's uh, eating a uh, BLTA and some French fries.
1: Yeah. I was. Um, I went to FARC.com because I was trying to um, give them a link to something else we had written. And I was perusing the headlines, and it had something about you know Gene Wilder. I'm like, oh God, please no. Yeah. And um, a quick Google search confirmed everything.
0: Well, and you know now that now we know kind
1: of why he had been out of the public eye. Right. He he lived a full life. I mean, he was 83. I you know I I will be lucky to live to 83. (laughs) (laughs) I will be lucky to live to 73. (laughs) You'll be lucky to remember 83 until you die. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We've given a lot of love in this episode to Stir Crazy, and um, that's because it has the honor of being the first R-rated movie I ever snuck into uh, oh, at the theater. <laughs> yeah, you would have been pretty. Uh, that was what twelve or thirteen when that came out. Yeah, I, I don't even know why I would want to. I mean, of all the movies to try to sneak into when you're twelve or thirteen years old. Yeah, why Stir Crazy? I'm sure. I mean, it was a very adult movie. Yeah, and not in the not in the adult movie way. No, no, the, no. Yeah. Not at all, in fact. Um but I got kicked out and and I've been trying for the last 2 weeks to remember what movie was it that we we ended up going to instead. I thought it
0: really uh, funny uh, that you got kicked out cuz as a guy who worked in the movie theater for the most part, we really didn't care. Like if somebody who was under age wanted to buy a ticket to an R-rated movie unless they were being a jerk, we'd sell it to them.
1: Uh well, or, or why would you go to the trouble of actually kicking me out and like yeah, disrupting everybody around me? You know, yeah. that, that's to me what the silly part of it is. It's like, okay, so don't sell me the ticket, but don't get on my case if I just happen to have picked the wrong movie theater. You were just an obnoxious kid, I bet. <laughs> I, I, sure you yeah, walked I in not. there. We
0: bad. We bad.
1: <laughs> the um, the thing we don't that- want any of those milk duds. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really don't like milk duds, but. Um, the thing about Gene Wilder to me is that he's definitely a pre-'80s icon. Uh, very much so, yeah. But Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was like a annual celebration for people our age. Like It came out in the early 70s. Right. But back in those days on television, you would see – there are certain movies you would see once a year. Once a year, the networks would play it. So once a year, you got Wizard of Oz. Right. And once a year, you got you got Willy Wonka. And it's probably the first movie that I'd ever, like, seen multiple times and 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 learned every song.
0: Yeah. It was a part of our childhood. And, right. And, you know, the let me throw this DVD in because I want to watch the movie wasn't really a thing, obviously. So. Right.
1: In in a way, it made it more special because you got it once a year. That's it. There's no Willy Wonka, 24 hours of Willy Wonka. There's no...
0: better get your butt in front of the TV at 7 o'clock because that's when it's starting.
1: Yes, exactly. And there's no taping it because those don't exist yet. So you want to see it 7 o'clock in your pajamas and and hope that uh, the movie wraps up by the time it's your bedtime.
0: Maybe mom will pop some corn if you've been a good boy. Right, right. Yeah. Did you ever read the books, the book it's based on yeah i did yeah i love those books too so so oh, that yeah. just made the movie and that was you know it wasn't you weren't having long conversations on the playground with your friends about well, oh, which is better the book of the movie it's just like you know you just enjoyed it it came on and you're like oh this is great you know little dancing orange people amazing those songs are funny
1: I, yeah i i want to say that i read the book in middle school Would i've read the would we have yeah, read it probably in, in middle school or junior high depending on yeah. what part of the country you're in
0: yeah, Roald Dahl. Yeah, that's kind of the sweet spot. You know, yeah, so juvenile fiction.
1: Here's what I remember about reading the book: is um, my English class. I, I want to say in seventh grade, mm-hmm. I. <laughs> it's not I, there was while I was reading Willy Wonka and having a very good time of it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't remember how many days we had to read it, but we had a certain number of days. Like you know, you read a certain number of chapters per day, and stuff. right. Um. English class was right after lunch for me in <laughs> seventh grade. And there's a reason I remember all this. Um, one day I remember eating a steak sandwich or, you know, not a steak sandwich, but um, like the little uh, steak. Um, Fancy school. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know a steak sandwich sandwiches, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we had a steak and sandwich and I, I love steak sandwiches. Or up until that point in my life, I loved steak sandwiches. So- <laughs> Something it comes. Went, something went afoul <laughs> of my steak sandwich, my steakham sandwich that day. And during English class while I was reading Willy Wonka, um I started feeling not so well. Kind of like, <gasps> like like maybe like one of the characters in the in the movie or the book. Mm. And I did boot all over my desk. <laughs> Spearcy, you're turning violent, Spearsy. <laughs> i'm sure exactly that's what happened (laughs) and the teacher's just like oh man you gotta be kidding me (laughs) i don't know how i don't know how i've ever obviously haven't purged it from my brain it's still right there yeah to the day i when i see a wooden school desk i just smell the acrid uh
0: (laughs) that weird stuff that they put down that basically smells worse than the puke
1: yeah Yeah. it was bad i just remember just booting and nobody really noticed except for the people right around me and uh Having to raise my hand, my puke-covered hand, <laughs> to the teacher like, no, I got sick. and y- uh, You know, I, I let me just say, take a moment here. I,
0: I'm deeply sorry about you throwing up, but I think Mr. Wilder deserves better from us than he story does.
1: about know. puking. Well, yeah. You know. So, and Turner Classic Movies knows that he deserves better. They have announced a tribute to Gene Wilder on uh, Thursday, September 29th. Um, they're disrupting their normal programming, and they're doing a um, – A series of things. They're showing some of his movies. Uh, It starts at 8 o'clock that night with uh, uh, a special conversation between Gene Wilder and Alec Baldwin. Okay. Uh, Then they'll show Young Frankenstein and and Frisco Kid and stuff like that. So it goes all night long. And it's definitely worth marking your calendar for. I mean, if you don't already own most of those movies on DVD. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right, though, that
0: Gene Wilder, for people our age, was Willy Wonka. And then as you got older and the – you know, the VHS, you know, the rental, the video rental stores started to pop up. Then, I mean, that's when we started seeing, or, you know, I think our people our age started seeing Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein and realizing, you know, okay, there's more to this guy than a floppy bow tie and a funny hat.
1: Yeah. I mean, his stuff in the 80s was very adult too. I mean, uh, Store crazy, obviously. Um, The Woman in Red is kind of an interesting story. Um, It's not a great movie, but it's... Uh, it's still of its time, you know, and when it's on, I'll still watch it. Right. And, and
0: see no evil hear No evil is just like high concept, dumb comedy kind of, you
1: know, I, I still, I still like it.
2: Are you talking to me? 225? Listen, man, $225 a week. All right. 200. I can't live on less than that.
3: Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. You prick. What do you say? Why'd you look me in the eye and say that? I would if I could, but I can't. I'm blind. You're blind. Yes, I'm blind. How can I have the job? I had no idea. I'm sorry.
2: Now you know. Can I get the job?
3: You're really blind. Yes, I'm really blind, man. What are you deaf? Yes, I'm deaf. You deaf?
2: Yes, I'm deaf. You really deaf? I'm really deaf why do you know what i'm saying because i'm reading your lips now do you want the job or don't you because i'm blind hey shove it up your
3: ass pal i don't want no favors from no deaf ass then go home get out of here give me some peace of mind to hell with blind people just turn around and walk out that's better now i believe we agreed on 300
0: Uh, that's one of those movies that i try and imagine what the pitch meeting was like and like, <laughs> it, just how much cocaine was in the room when someone greenlit blind, that movie? He's blind. I'm, yeah, Pry- I'm It's Brad hilarious.
1: Bond. It's it's, it's actually that movie made a ton of money. I love that. I, I I I watched. In fact, I watched about thirty minutes of that movie today. Actually, um, still, but I only uh, listened to thirty minutes of it. <laughs> 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 um, I, I know when I heard the news of um, of Gene Wilder, the first thing I wanted to do was play. Uh, the song Pure Imagination which is to me one of the most beautiful scenes from Willy Wonka but also maybe it's just me because I'm Eeyore but it was a sad it felt, it felt sad at the same time and, and so when I think Willy Wonka I think of this
3: If you want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to
2: change the world
1: There's nothing to it. I said at the beginning of the segment that part of our childhood has died. But has it really? Or is Mr. Wonka right? There is nowhere to go that compares to our imagination. We'll watch Gene Wilder's Enduring Legacy, his films, where his heart lives on.
3: There is no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Living there you'll be free. If you truly wish to be... Hey,
2: McFly! What do you think you're doing? Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly, you Irish bug? Oh, hey, Biff, hey, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, you got my homework finished, McFly? Uh, well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday... Hello? (laughs) Hello? Anybody home? Hey! Hey. Think, McFly! (laughs) Think!
0: Tom Wilson has a problem, one many people would like to sample, Biff Tannen. 30-plus years after Back to the Future, he's still coming to terms with the iconic character and the imprint it has made on his life. But these days, he's channeling it into a hobby that could become something that might finally equal, though probably never eclipse, that acting career. He's painting some amazing pieces of art. Yes, paintings, which he's been exhibiting at his Laguna Beach gallery for about two years now. Tom Wilson has literally become pop art. Something he explains in a new YouTube video that was released a couple weeks ago. Here's an
2: excerpt: "I'm famous. I am. I didn't think I would be. I thought I I thought I was going to be an actor in the theater, New York musician, a singer. That didn't happen. I got famous, and I thought over the years it would dissipate or uh, diminish somewhat. It only got bigger. I've become pop art." Pop art is the movement, um, art and cultural movement that began right at the time that I was born. I grew up surrounded by all of these new colors and visions and excitement that was just taking over the culture. It, it took over every arts and crafts project that we were making in first and second grade. You know, the Sisters of Mercy at my school, well, uh, the young nuns, were teaching us all new ways of looking at colors and Advertising and magazines, Vietnam, war and peace, the entire culture and advertising and art and then, just as I began my professional career, I watched this thing that I had watched and grow and 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 take over everything. I watched it completely eat me alive and turn me into a billion pixelized images flashing through satellites and on televisions and, and everywhere. The pop that I had watched and marveled at and celebrated chewed me up, spit me out, and turned me into a human representation of a Campbell soup can.
1: I think the video itself is pop art.
0: Uh, the, it's amazing. I, I, just, I was just kind of hypnotized by this video i watched it two or three times in a row um uh, you know a lot of people are like oh boohoo poor tom wilson he's famous you know he's super famous for doing this one role but i can't even imagine what that would be like i mean to you know he, he kind of famously has a uh, i mean i've never seen one of these but he famously has a card that he hands to people when they ask him questions about back to the future like he must just get bombarded with that stuff
1: I mean, uh, that, there's a, there's a there's a line. Now, granted, I don't know how often he gets bombarded with the same questions, but I would think that as an actor, I'm not saying actors have responsibility, but we all do in our own way. And in my mind, one of your responsibilities as as a, someone who's made a fair amount of money off of acting is a certain amount of graciousness being paid to your fans. Uh, you know, as long yeah. as they're polite to you, you're polite to them. Uh, yeah, yeah. And maybe he's had a certain number of people who have been impolite to him. and um, But I, I respect what he's trying to do here. I, th- I think his stuff is good. In fact, I went online to see if I could buy some. Yeah, I
0: I really like it too. It doesn't look like there's anything available. I mean, no originals, no prints at this point. But
1: I wish there were prints. I would buy prints, n- no question about it. Um, yeah. There's a couple of things that he was working on in that that video clip that I thought, oh my gosh, I, I would love to have a print of that. Well,
0: so when you look at that video clip, I mean, it, he's painting, it looks like his kitchen I and mean, that's a modest house. It's not like, you know, Tom Wilson is living, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous if that's really, you know, if, if that's really representative of where he's living. I've never seen his uh, stand-up act. of you? I have not. I mean, I've seen the, you know, the question song. He's got a couple kind of funny songs on YouTube, uh, but I've never seen him. Do
1: and, that act, and I've never yeah. been down to his gallery either. How far is Laguna Beach from where you are? Eh, it's two or three hours, depends. That's on a traffic. long. That's a that's
0: a <laughs> it's for a me. That's it's,
1: like a, that's a long drive.
0: Yeah, it's on the other side of L.A. from where I live, the nice is side. It,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if um what uh, Orange County.
0: Yeah, it's way down in Orange County.
1: Um, I, I think maybe a mistake a lot of people make who don't know Southern California is we think we think it's all like. Like everything's thirty minutes from each other. You know? It's so like, spread out. Yeah, it's so spread out. So I mean, because in three hours I could pretty much drive to almost to Miami. So, yeah, and I, there's no way. But you know, why I'll would you do to, that? Then you'd be I, in Miami. Yeah. Well established <laughs> hatred of Miami, as most yeah. Floridians have. Um, so, so back to Tom. Do you? I mean, do you? This is, this
0: is something we talk about a lot is that, you know, actors want to move on from characters they've done and musicians embrace songs that they've recorded that have made them famous. And it's just this kind of, it's a weird thing because he, obviously, if you go and look at his body of work, Tom Wilson has kept busy. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. But that's the character that everybody associates with him. You know, he has been typecast. And I think that this project, he's like, fine, I'm typecast. I'm going to run towards this. I'm going to, embrace it and channel it in some way other than what is kind of passive aggressive you're right to hand a card to someone when they start asking questions like let me let me vent that anger energy someplace else
1: yeah and yeah. and
0: I, I I love some of the pieces I think they're really really well done
1: yeah me too so bully for him uh Biff, Biff Tannen wins in the end that's all we can say whoa let's move let's move on that's heavy spearsy It's been a while since we could say these words. Sting has a new album coming out. According to reports, the new album will be called 57th and 9th. After the intersection in New York, he crosses through on his way to his studio. The material itself is said to revolve around events in the world of the last several years, including the deaths of David Bowie, Alan Rickman, and Prince, and even the dangers of climate change. The first single is called I Can't Stop Thinking About You. Here's what it sounds like. Brad, how important is it that the 80s still has musicians uh, creating albums of original material? Um, is this a trick question? <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, leading, I'm leading you t- towards the answer I want you to give. Uh, I am glad that, that they
0: are still uh, creating and recording and doing those things because that's kind of who they are, right? And if it makes them happy, that's great. Um, I will say I, this song kind of leaves me cold.
1: Well, this is the first single. I mean, I think that a lot of times the first single isn't always the best representation of what an album is about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know he and Peter
0: Gabriel were touring this summer, and my son and Katie went and saw him, them, and just – I mean, he was on air. It's like, oh my gosh, it was such a great show. Yeah. So,
1: I think – here's my opinion. I think that it's important in our generation – um, musicians made albums. Yeah, I and, and there's an and there's an art form to making an album, kind of like, um, you know, you go to Sicily and there's restaurants that still make pasta the same way they did 200 years ago. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that I would like to. I would like to depart this world, um, where <laughs> in which album making is still a thing. I don't want to have to explain to um to teenagers what an album is. Yeah. And if if you have enough material and you feel that it's cohesive and you feel strongly about it, then you should release an album. I I really don't want the artists that I love to um get to a world where all they just produce one single every 9 months and it goes on iTunes and
0: yeah, uh, that's just that, that's that's not the way you and I want to Want to it's experience a, new music?
1: I, I want to, I want to hear a complete thought. I don't want to hear a, a thirty yeah. second belch.
0: Yeah, it's great that you wrote that cool guitar lick, but I want a little bit more to go with it. Yeah.
1: So to me, fifty um, seventh and ninth is definitely going to be an album that I'm going to listen to, and you know then make a decision based on what I hear whether, whether or not to buy it. I'm a long-time fan of Sting ever since uh, ever since the Bag of Rums night. So,
0: <laughs> well, I think I, I wrote a letter you guys actually use as a reader mailbag or a PPTMN about and one of I, the question was, have you ever broken up with an artist? And Sting was my example of an artist that I broke up with. I was like, I don't I went back and listened to his old stuff and I'm like, uh this isn't doing anything for me anymore. But since then, I've actually kind of come back to it a little bit like, oh, this isn't so bad. I, there are there's there's a lot of it that I really do like. So, like you say, I'm going to give this a listen. Uh, The first song didn't really grab me, but you know, we'll give it a chance.
1: The new album, Fifty Seventh and Ninth, is due out on November 11th. Let's move on.
0: In late 2015, Phil Collins announced he was unretiring from the music business, and earlier this year he reconciled with his third wife. I'm starting to think if we wait long enough, he's going to invite Peter Gabriel to rejoin Genesis. Last week, Phil performed at the opening ceremonies for the U.S. Open in Queens, New York, playing In the Air Tonight and Easy Lover with a band that included his son on the drums. Collins has also recently remastered versions of his entire solo discography and his autobiography, Not Dead Yet, will be released on October
1: 25th. Um, I, I think he sounds good for someone who hasn't been using the old voice box in a while. Yeah, it's a little reedy. Yeah, someone who doesn't know music that well, I don't know what that means, but it just, his I voice know what is a little His
0: voice is a little thin on in the air tonight.
1: Well, I also think we're listening to like an analog recording of something that maybe yeah. wasn't recorded, you know, like
0: I bet it sounded great if you were there. He sounded fine on Easy Lover, I thought. And the duet on Easy Lover, he sings with uh, um, the guy who does the Philip the, – the guy who covers the Philip Bailey part is one of the cast members from Hamilton.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, never, I never loved Easy Lover, but I never hated it either. Uh, it's a good duet, I think. It's a fun, it's a fun duet. Did I don't think Carol Jansen used that in her uh, list of great duets? Did she?
0: Well, you know she's got a you know she's got a blind spot there where the dude dude duet comes in.
1: Yeah. Surprisingly, you don't have a, a blind spot when it comes to dude dude and dude stuff. Well, you know my my interests <laughs> are many and varied.
0: I'm um, secure enough in my masculinity to enjoy the song to all the girls I've loved before.
1: The uh, I I know that Phil Collins like when he came, when he said he was unretiring, People were like, people were divided on that, like whether or not that was a yeah, great thing or not. There was some nastiness online. Like, I'm starting a petition
0: to make him retire. again. like, you know what? Look, if you don't like it, just don't go listen away. to it. Yeah, exactly. Don't you, there are to other it. options to <laughs> I mean, being a dick.
1: I mean, I don't like Madonna, hence I do not listen to her. You yeah, know? exactly. It's, I don't sit there and like, I don't I don't sit there anymore and protest too much. Right. But um, I'm in no. a slightly different position than ordinary fans. Like mom but, uh, said, uh, no. if you can't think of something nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> if you can't think of anything nice to say, then form a podcast and say you, it to everybody. Say it to everybody loudly yeah. over yeah. and over again. To the point where people are like, enough already, Spearsy! We get it. <laughs> so I, I for one, welcome our Phil Collins overlords. Well, I, have, I, I have you heard any the of the return. remastered stuff? No. I, well, you know
0: what? This is working because it's got me interested in it. Um, I, I, I'm definitely interested in the autobiography.
1: Yeah, so I'll read it. Uh,
0: you know, if this is a plot by Phil Collins to increase the size of his <laughs> bank account, you know, more power to you, Mr. Collins.
1: And if if it, if it at it, it all increases the likelihood of him coming on the show for an interview, oh my gosh! Oh, that would be amazing. Can you imagine? May I drop to two knees, please, sir. <laughs> so- <laughs> Um, Yeah, no, I I couldn't even conceive of that. And he lives in Florida. Oh, you might have to go to Miami after all. Oh Jesus, that's that's a real toss-up. Hello there, Steve. I'd love to do an interview. Just come down to my. uh, Uh, uh. (laughs) I live right next door to Madonna. We can all have tea together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, Uh, you've got the wrong Steve Spears. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that, you know what time it's for? Um, the Seggies? No, commercial break.
4: Hey, it's Carol here with a quick plug on why you should check out our sponsor, Audible.com. They are the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles. And they're across all types of literature. But, of course, my favorites are 80s-based. I spend over three hours a day driving, and when podcasts aren't enough, I turn to Audible. I download and listen to books on their mobile app, and it really couldn't be easier. One of my most recent reads, and due to the tragic events this last April, was Let's Go Crazy, Prince and the Making of Purple Rain. It gives a great look at how the movie and album came to be. The author, Alan Light, is the former editor of Rolling Stone and has done a great deal of research and really cool in-depth interviews with the band members and the people who witnessed how Prince's vision became a reality. You can get this book or a free audiobook of your choice to keep. Just click on audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s or you'll find the link on the SAT80s website. Take a look. I think you'll love it. Back to you guys.
1: And we're back and fully rested. And we're going to need to be fully rested because we have a full slate of The, the Seggies. Ah, <laughs> uh, the mystical Frame of Reader Mailbag. Um, I got this email the other day. I got to admit, I really like what the guy is saying. This is from Mark and Centerville. Uh, I don't know what state because there's at least five states that have Centerville as a city. But uh, I'm going to say he's from Ohio. But I could be okay. wrong. So, uh, Brad, do
0: the honors. Uh, nothing would please me more. Mark writes, hello, I'm a long-time listener and love the podcast. It just keeps getting better and better. Why, Mark knows how to start a letter, doesn't he? He's snappy writing. Um, I know on the show you all tend to stay positive when talking about bands and stars of the 80s, but I do have one question, and it's not super negative, but maybe just a little. Have you ever seen an artist from the 80s on stage and thought maybe the time has come for them to hang it up? The reason I ask is that I recently went to see the Go-Go's on their farewell tour, and to their credit, they do seem very serious about this being their farewell and not the first of many farewell tours. But I have to say the show was a major disappointment. They were phoning it in. And it is not that they've lost it. They sounded great, but they brought no life or enthusiasm to the show. The drummer Gina Shock came out from behind the drums a couple times to come to the mic and say a few words and she seemed happy to be there and enjoying herself but all the others I think would have rather been at the dentist than up on that stage. Well that's a that's Yikes. well said. Yeah, oof. I'm a huge Go-Go's fan. Have been since the first album. And I guess I was hoping that for a farewell tour they would do it as a thank you to the hardcore fans with a longer set and deep cuts, but their set was very short barely over an hour and it was nothing but the hits with a few covers thrown in and who wants to hear the go-go's doing a miley cyrus cover wrecking ball as an encore come on play your deep cuts anyway i will still listen to their music but what a missed opportunity mark in centerville
1: um god so many things come to mind i could talk about this for a whole show um yeah i've never seen the go-go's live never seen the go-go's live um, but I never, I never thought that I missed out or anything because I've, I've always looked at their cover, I've always looked at their set lists, and I've always been somewhat unimpressed. Um, I've had like three or four chances to go and see them. Um, they've been trying to retire for a while now. I mean, yeah, I didn't this they is like cancel?
0: Their- didn't they cancel a farewell tour?
1: Yeah. Um, the bass player. Um, yeah. Me. Somebody got hurt. And. And so they had to cancel that tour. So they've been trying to call it quits for a while. I mean, it's pretty (laughs) clear that they just – they all kind of want to go their own way. Uh, And Belinda Carlisle, I mean, she obviously is still going to perform. Um, She's going to be on the 80s Cruise in 2017. but And she has continued to perform as a solo artist. Yeah. So – but back to your question. Um, I think Brad and I both have a a band in mind when we (laughs) talk about – uh, bands that just need to, time for them to hang it up. And I, man, I don't mean to be negative about this. Um, but okay, well, let me be negative about it. Well, Flock of Seagulls, time to hang it up. Yeah, Flock of Seagulls. Now, here's the thing though, because I, I, we've seen them a couple times live and I thought we both thought they were a little disappointing. I'm being diplomatic here. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, I went back and I watched some YouTube videos of them of their live performances in the '80s. Yeah, and they weren't that good then. I mean, they are not a strong live band. They're yeah. a good studio band, and, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, cars, and we didn't think the about the cars like, are another example of a band that was always much better in studio than they weren't live. So it doesn't make well, it a bad band. Yeah, a couple things there. One, you know, Mike Score, when he was on the
0: podcast, he said, I don't want to be a better musician. I want to write songs. So, you know, performing was never really front of mind for him if that's, if we take that at face value. And and as far as the cars go, I mean, Rick O'Kasich is crazy about wanting the concert to sound like the album. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to get if, – if you're going to the show to get some patter and feel like you're making a connection with the musician, that's not what he wants to offer you in tour. Not that we'll ever see the cars on tour again, but
1: uh, – Probably not. Yeah. I, I always say probably, but
0: – Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the, the, the thing that's tough is when you get – um, you know, I hate to use this word, Steve, but when we get older, uh you know, the voice – is it's tough to maintain it, and I think it's hard to, uh, you know, for a lot of singers to replicate some of those, especially the high notes that they used to be able to sing when they were kids. Like, well, sure. I remember when you interviewed a couple years ago when you interviewed Wang Chung, and you said, Oh, are you gonna do Hypnotize Me in the set list? and he's like, Oh, that's way too high, <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's just not even any way we're doing that. And honestly, that first set on the boat this last on, on the 80s cruise this last year. I'm like, oh, oh, no, oh, because he was struggling a little bit. He
1: got it all back in the second set, but, you know, so yeah. some of these guys, I think they have good nights and bad nights. Sure, sure. I, the Psychedelic Furs are one of those bands where I I saw them live about, um, God, it's. I, I want to think it was just a couple of days ago, but it was probably like seven <laughs> years ago. Yeah. It was probably seven years ago that I saw them, which doesn't, in, in the great scheme of life, it's not a, a long period of time. But I saw them and I thought they were amazing. I thought yeah. they were great. But I have heard mixed reviews. I've heard people who went and saw them and say, well, it just kinda depends. Like if they're into it that night, they do a great show. If they're not into yeah. it, well then you you know, you don't get their best work. I, all I know is what I saw. So yeah. well, so and second- it does kind
0: of it does kind of turn you off a little bit to the music. You're like, oh, you know, hm. I mean, I had to go back and kind of make myself listen to the Flock of Seagulls first album, which I, I love that album. I love it. It is a great album, top to bottom.
1: But it kind of went into the back shelf for a while. Because I'm like, oh, Mike Score, what's going on out there? (laughs) And not to like wear my nerd uh, '80s Prague guys only credentials, but Asia is another band that probably they're they're way past the point where they should be hanging it up. I mean they they came back and did a reunion tour, and then they made an album, and they did another tour. And they've since done like four albums, and it's like, okay, enough, yeah. enough, enough, enough. I mean, you guys were already, you guys were already there, pretty old and ancient, yeah, in the eighties. So, really, really, just time to hang it up, Mark. That's a great letter. Yeah, um, sorry, it's a fine dude, line but, that a lot of bands yeah. walk. Um. Anyway, we love letters like this. If you um, have a suggestion on a band that needs to hang it up or uh, you have a band you recently saw and you're disappointed, email us. Let us know about it. We'll use it on the show. We have a new email address to use, podcast at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right, you are entered into the contest to win... Surely we are out of bottle openers. Uh, I still have a few left. Okay. Well, I'm going to order some new swag. Um, we're going to take some recommendations on what, this, what said Did swag you any should any suggestions be. beyond the monogrammed, uh, <laughs> monogrammed <laughs> hankies? Yes, you know, amazingly, If you have one gin and fresca during a podcast, my enunciation improves immensely. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love to tell what the pop-up but... is. There's a pause in the podcast. Steve wears pizza. Um Pay attention. <laughs> Here's a clip from last show.
4: And if you or any member of your party orders the old 96er and finishes, everybody eats for free. (laughs) Ah!
1: That's the great outdoors. Oh my God. The old 96er. Oh uh, yeah. Can you do that, Brad? What's the most? Can you eat ninety six ounces of meat? I mean, can not, any human eat? 96 not anymore.
0: Six not anymore. That's one thing that I really am disappointed about the aging process. One is gray gray <laughs> hair all over my body. Uh, oh, the other no, one, stop. It, the other one is I can't eat nearly as much as
1: I used to be able to eat. God, I used to be able to eat a ton. Yeah, I don't know what I, happened. I'm paying. I'm paying the, the the time for my crime now, but I don't get to still commit the crime anymore. That's just It's wrong. Exactly. Oh, my God. We have a lot of winners because I made it too easy. Um, Brad has no gin, but he will be forced to read these over.
0: I have many, many names to share with you, Steve, and... I'm going to do that right now. Winners this week include Christine in Philly, Scott in New Hampshire, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Greta Losa, one of our six female listeners, Jesse, Big Cat Smith, Cheesehead Dave, John in Phoenix, Robert Jordan, Sweet Lou Grilly, Lisa Brown, Anne in Northern California, Shazam in St. Louis, Joe in Michigan, Gabriel Daigle, PJ Vareccia, Canuck in Cali, Dave Stromenger, Thelma in KC. John Hayes, Andy in St. Paul, Brock in North Dakota, Mike in Oaklandia, DJ in Clinton, Chris Cooling, Stoney Stitt, and Ryan the
1: Pirate. Do you ever wonder why uh, Jesse Smith is the big cat? Has he ever Uh, explained that to us? No, we really haven't asked either. Jesse, what's up with big cat? We want to know. Yeah, are you... uh... (laughs) And why is Kurt... No, Kurt's not dirty. Only Jersey is dirty. Jersey is dirty. Maybe Kurt should move to a better part of Jersey. (laughs) Oh, my God. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip.
3: The bridge mean more traffic. More traffic mean more business. More business mean more money. More money mean more
1: power. If you know it, email us at the new address now, podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. It must be a podcast time email. Ah, uh, the miscorded frame that is. Name that 80s tune. Oh, uh, you know the drill. We will play a snippet of a song, song ga from the 80s. The enunciations, its it's slowly going away now.
0: Oh. <laughs> Vowels so, and consonants will be mispronounced.
1: Right. That's okay. People are used to it. Under-promise and over-deliver. That's my S- motto. <laughs> Bail in. Send a
0: self-addressed stamped envelope for the Spearsy
1: pronunciation guide. Yeah, it's. I got cotton mouth now. It's horrible. It's not good for podcasting. Uh, we play a snippet of a song. Ugh, it's really getting bad. Uh, and you know, and then we forget about it, and the show's over. Um, no, we enter you into the drawing for uh, some swag. Sna- snag, snag, snag. Next. Some swag. Oh my god! Let me take another drink. Hang on. Oh boy. Uh, Sweet nectar of the gods. Um, Mm. Pay attention. Here's the song from last show. That's the romantics with talking in your sleep.
0: Steve, what's it like to pick a music clip that everybody in the free world can identify?
1: Oh, my God. Well, you know what? Here's the problem. I, I wanted to use a romantic song, but there's no way to use a clip from a romantic song that people know that you can – in such a small piece that people won't get it. There's, yeah, it looks like a one beat. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I, I can name that tune in one note. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so do you talk I mean, in your sleep, Steve? I, I've been told. <laughs> well, nowadays I wear, I have a CPAP machine. Oh, so, okay. So you so breathe in your sleep. I breathe in my sleep. I don't die in my sleep. That's the that's, whole point. That's like, good. That's the good. doctor told me like if I didn't use it, I was going to die. So, well, um, at the very the whole least, it's probably helping you it. sleep better. Yeah, so they say. Apparently,
0: um, I had a college roommate who said I talked in my sleep. Like I would, I would sit up in bed and ask him physics questions (laughs) and just like (laughs) random stuff and I'd like I'd just sit up and stare at him. You know, your basic like freak your roommate out kind of stuff. But um I'm if I'm still doing that, Katie isn't telling. So I don't know. Maybe those clips are up on YouTube someplace and I just don't know about it.
1: We have to get her on the show and ask her these questions. We should have like an ongoing list of questions to ask Katie.
0: Important (laughs) questions for Katie. Number one,
1: what were you thinking when you said yes to Brad? Oh come on you guys are the most adorable couple in the world. You're like everybody's role model. I married up, so you are everybody's role model. Uh, I I know. know I I tell you that all the time personally, and I don't tell people on the podcast. But how many times do I say that you know you and Katie are the role model?
0: Uh, You're very sweet. I feel very lucky. I don't. You know, as I've said many times, I don't know what the secret is. I just got lucky. Cue the song. Oh wait, no, that's a different different segment. (laughs) Too late. Too late. Um.
1: You're gonna have to read a lot of names now. I've I, uh, I've been lifting. <laughs> I've been lifting weights, getting ready for this. There one. is. If we don't name everybody, I'm sorry, but there's at least forty names that we're gonna have to list now.
0: Here we go. Here we go. I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm feeling strong. You're feeling strong. Winners this week include Jesse, Big Cat Smith, nickname of unknown provenance, Cheesehead Dave, John and Phoenix, Gail Weiswasser, Robert Jordan, Dan in Omaha, Scott in New Hampshire, Sweet Lou Grilly, Bernie the Dutch oven down under Lindemann, Lisa Brown, OJ in La Coruna, Spain, Steve Crosby, Christine in Philly, Shazam in St. Louis, Peter Ryan, Alex Dix, Cortoso Solis, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Kevin Serving Wench, Anne in NorCal, Dave Featherston, Noel O'Regan, Rock the Good Egg, Rob hanging on to Summer Stroke, Heather Brown from Tennessee, Billy in Paducah, Buck Buchanan, Jeff from the other Weatherford, Texas, Chris in Kansas, Carlos Hernandez, James Crabtree, Joshua in Birmingham, Rush Crest, Charles in Yorktown, Ed in El Paso. Oh my gosh, I have to breathe. Scott in New Hampshire, Dawn in Tulsa, soon to be Dawn on vacation in Peru. Watch out, they eat guinea pigs down there. Kevin Kevin in Chilliwack, British
1: Columbia. Canada and Beat Poet J. Wow, that's amazing. You know, but I gotta say this though, <sighs> I'm this spent. for a while. <laughs> There's a lot of suspicious names that, um, lately we've been answering the Seggy's yeah. and I, that we've never heard from before. Yeah, or introduce if we, yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like drop us a letter at I've,
0: podcast I've, at s i 80scom
1: Because yeah, I'm starting to look at these names. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think I've ever heard of this person before. So it's like. Usually we, you know, we, you know, rock the good ag and, uh, you know, our good friend, the Dutch oven down under. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dutch ovens. You never stop making me laugh. (laughs) Uh, You know, Charles in Yorktown. you know, Scott, New Hampshire, but there's some other names. You know who you are. You know, I'm just saying right in and um, introduce yourselves. We are up to, you know, we're on, we're on like level three def con around here. As far as like weird shenanigans go. So, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I Googled a couple of you to see if you really existed. And, and you checked out. So it's all good. So maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being paranoid.
0: Well, just because you're paranoid doesn't <laughs> mean there isn't somebody out to get you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. As we've all learned. Okay. So it's time to uh, find out who wins the swag. So spin the entirely <laughs> credible in your living room because everybody has one. Wheel of Fortune. Now, there's a lot of names jammed on there this week. Um, and the winner is... Heather Brown from Tennessee, you are this week's lucky winner. Uh, Email us your snail mail address, and uh, we will eventually get something to you, hopefully next couple of weeks. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us. Again, new address, podcast at sit80s.com, and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner.
0: I guess I better go set that email address up.
1: Hey, it's time for another episode of Let's Get Trivial, as always, sponsored by the eighties cruise. With us today, longtime friend, longtime fan, it's Dave Sedillo. How you doing, Dave?
3: I am doing fantastic. So glad to finally be able to talk to you guys.
1: So you live outside of Kansas City?
3: Yes, Old Overland Park, which, because Overland Park is such a huge suburb, I have to say old so people know which part of that <laughs> suburb it is. But it's, Kansas City is about 15 minutes away.
1: Did okay. you, uh, did you actually, uh, I hear there was an earthquake there a couple of days ago. Did you feel it?
3: <laughs> yes, yeah. Did my, you really? My cat jumped up on Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it felt like one of those crappy thousand finger massages that you used to get in your bed, you know. (laughs) So the bed kind of vibrated, and my wife said, what's that? And I said, I think it might be the construction crew about two blocks away from our house.
0: Oh, my gosh.
3: And then my sister called me up, and she lives about 100 miles south of me, and said, did you feel it? Did you feel it? And that's how I found out it was an earthquake. Wow. I'm
1: glad we just get hurricanes here.
0: Yeah, we're overdue out here in LA. I just uh, like I need to go and check and make sure that the the earthquake kit has fresh water and uh you know, a stack of $5 bills for me to buy food from people with.
3: Well, see the crazy thing is, Brad, I actually was born in California, so I know what a real earthquake feels like. Yeah. So that's why this – I didn't even put two and two together until I started seeing tweets and Facebook posts. Yeah,
1: that's funny. Well,
0: it's just – it's kind of not – it's not a typical thing.
1: Yeah. So Dave, uh, I understand you've been listening to the show since 2005 or 2006 and one of your favorite episodes was – and this makes me so happy because we put so much work into it. Episode 186, which was the New Year's Eve show back in 2009 – Oh, We're, yeah <laughs> where we uh we celebrate <laughs> the end of the eighties that's all a really, really good episode. I like that
0: episode too. I think mainly because the reader mailbag on that is so good,
1: oh man, well,
3: see the thing is, I'm always looking for ways to time warp <laughs> and and you make it so easy with the show and so whenever you had the the sound effects going and the earnest reading of the of you you know kicking the those cars outside the party or whatever, it just. I was right there with you, man. It was it was the best.
1: That was uh, that was a dark, dark day. I remember that. Yeah, kicking the police cars and pouring a beer on them. Uh, <laughs> you rebel, you. Yeah. Well, we all have our <laughs> moments. So, uh, Dave, you know how it works. With uh, let's get trivial. We're going to give you some some questions on the topic of your choosing, and you have chosen Ghostbusters. That's me. So let me ask you this: Have you did you see the remake of the movie?
3: I did not. I've I've heard so many different things about it. I, it'll probably be forced on me at some point. But no, I I haven't watched it. Good, yet.
0: good. You're it's <laughs> it's not as bad as Spearsy makes it out to be. I mean, it's it's, Spearsy hates everything. Let's face it. Spearsy's not happy if he's not <laughs> unhappy. So, so. You've you've you made me this way. <laughs> I take
1: I take so much pride in that. I take so much pride in that. <laughs> okay, so Brad's got some questions uh, on uh, the original Ghostbusters, the only Ghostbusters we want to talk about. So take it away, Brad. What's uh, what's your first question? Number
0: one. So let me hit you with a question here, Dave. Okay. Uh, when we first meet Dr. Venkman, he is uh, using an experiment with two students, one male and one female, primarily as a means to hit on an attractive female student. What is he offering as payment for participating in this experiment?
3: Isn't it? Five bucks or ten it bucks? It is five bucks. You are
1: correct.
2: <laughs> okay, kick the five bucks i I will, mister.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten it. Excellent job. Excellent Good work. job.
0: Good work. We're off to, a, off to a strong start here. Okay. Next question. Okay, this one's a little harder, Dave. Number two. The first ghost we see in the movie is at the New York Public Library. What is the name of the librarian?
3: Oh, man. Um, It's got to be an old woman's name, because I know that she's not menstruating right now, or has nothing to do with her her thing that goes. What has that got to do with it, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to guess and say Martha. Uh,
0: You know, that is a strong guess, but unfortunately incorrect. Mm. It's Alice.
3: Are you, Alice, (laughs) menstruating right now?
0: Okay, we'll move on.
3: Number three.
0: What is Ray's entire plan to catch the ghost that they see in the New York Public Library? Get her. (laughs) You are correct, sir. You are correct.
3: (laughs) Get her. That was your whole plan. Get her.
0: You're doing very well here. It's Very well. Let's fire off another one here.
3: Number four.
0: What do the Ghostbusters spend the last of their petty cash on before they get their first call?
3: Uh, Chinese takeout. That Jeez. is correct. You're killing it. <laughs> see, I love I love that question. Well, that, that answer because I know Chinese takeout to me seems like a step above a bologna sandwich. Yeah, you know? especially I mean, in New York. Yeah, if you see a homeless guy eating a Chinese takeout, you're thinking, whoa, how did he score that? So if that's all I can afford, I feel a little like I'm a notch above the, the curb or something.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, this magnificent feast here represents the last
3: of the petty cash. Get slow down. Mm-hmm. Chew your food.
1: Number five.
0: What is Dana Barrett's apartment
3: number? Oh. Ah, I'd just be shooting in the dark on that one. I think it's a single digit uh, Six. Mm. Well,
0: huh? you got the last digit correct. <laughs> uh, 26. It's 2206. 22, cause he's on the 22nd floor.
3: Oh, that's right, because he's got to throw up when he gets to yeah. the 22nd floor. Now,
0: now how a yeah. cellist can afford a corner penthouse overlooking the park in New York City, <laughs> You know, that's left as an exercise to the economists, but...
3: You you remember Bill Murray tells her she was the best one in her row. You're good. Most
4: people can't hear me with a whole orchestra playing.
3: Oh, that's true. Well, maybe she gets a little bonus for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little something extra in her envelope every week. Okay, while we're on the topic of Dana Barrett's apartment, where do the stairs that appear in Dana Barrett's apartment go? (laughs) They go up. You are correct, sir.
1: (laughs) I don't even remember that.
3: Hey, where do these stairs go? <laughs> when you see the movie five times in 1985, yeah. something that's just, and you're that impressionable like I was. Oh, yeah. Those are things that I'm going to be, whenever I have dementia and I just remember a few things that I'm going <laughs> well, to be doing yeah. Ghostbusters trivia. Yes,
0: yes. Like, they go up, they're like, yes, that's right, Dave. It's okay just here. Have another <laughs> spoonful. We'll get you some fresh pants. Yeah, I'll be in the same – I'll be right in the chair right next to you, Dave.
1: (laughs) Well, Dave's certainly got enough right that he deserves some swag. I agree. Uh, We will find you some swag and send it your way. We're going to send you a 35-foot-long Twinkie weighing 600 pounds. That's a
3: big Twinkie. Well, that's some Twinkie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You really do know this, buddy. Wow, that's amazing.
3: (laughs) It's embarrassing. I know this movie so well.
1: (laughs) Well, we we appreciate you coming on the show. We had a great time talking to you. uh, And we love that you've been listening for so long. Yeah, thanks for sticking around. Thanks, guys. (laughs) You bet. Okay, Dave. Have a great day. All right. You too. Wow, those are tough questions you uh, lined up for dave i mean how did you did you know the, all of those or did you have to like do some research or what
0: uh i did a little bit of research um i would not have gotten some of them that's for sure uh you know the trick is and this is something that you know, here's a little inside baseball when we're letting people pick their topic for let's get trivial you know when they pick something pretty focused like a single movie i feel like that's kind of permission to go deep into the weeds <laughs> You know, like what's the make, model, and year of the car they're driving, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. But at the same time, you know, you kind of want to walk a fine line because we don't want to lose people as listeners because we, you know, we blank them on trivia after they <laughs> pick the topic. So, yeah, you know.
1: We want fun you guys to have do. fun when we do these. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, special thanks to Dave Sadeo for uh, playing Let's Get Trivia. Um, now that we're all caught up on the news. I think I'm gonna go watch me some more uh, Gene Wilder movies. Um, stay tuned for some interesting shows coming up, including one on midnight movies. <laughs> that one is a uh, special request from Jen with one N. Brad, have you picked your midnight movie yet? Uh, I have a couple finalists. Yeah. Which one? Are you, what are you thinking? I'm, like, well, let's I was just share. Let's share. The, the first
0: one I was thinking was heavy metal. I just bought that on DVD. But I kind of wanted to use that as a bad movie with a good soundtrack. Well, that it is. Yeah. Um, Oh, gosh. Now I can't remember what my other pick was. (laughs) What
1: was it? We talked about this. Uh, uh, I know. It's blanking. So if you have a suggestion, here's one of your chances to actually get ahead of the game and send us suggestions for movies. Send us ideas that we can take. And they don't have to be movies that were technically midnight movies in the 80s but they have to be movies that are best seen like at midnight in the 80s like repo yeah. man would be a good one i think or, that uh, i think that Sp- was it
0: i think that was my other, well i can't talk uh, about repo man again no and but I yeah mean, but that's a good tap. example
1: spinal tap is a good example um yeah. oh,
0: don't man. don't tell us rocky horror picture show we know about rocky horror yes, picture it's Show. Kind of like the main oh movie. i remember what the other one was rock and roll high school
1: oh that's it yeah not an '80s movie, but that's okay. Yeah, it's right on the cusp. It's, it's on brother. the cusp. We'll let it go. We'll it's let got, it go. It, it's got PJ Souls in it. Come on, <laughs> it's got the Ramones, which is the one band that always makes me turn off First Wave on SiriusXM. Well,
0: talk about farewell tours gone wrong. Didn't they farewell tour for about ten years? I have no idea.
1: Yeah, uh, famously, like the Ramones was one of the first five episodes we ever did on Stuck in the '80s. Was it really? Yeah, totally random. Totally random. We had no focus back then. Not, I mean, not that we're like totally focused now. But I think we know what what works and doesn't work. Well, yeah. and you know, the first twenty podcasts, you're like, I don't know how long we're going to do this. If <laughs> yeah. this could be our last one, no, and, no, no, and, this yeah. will be our last one. We so, have to anyway. do politics in the '80s. That's you know, we could talk about that for twenty minutes, no problem. <laughs> let's, let's just do a show called Movies in the '80s. <laughs> Let's do a show called Music in the 80s. Anyway, so so Midnight Moves. If you have an idea, um, podcast at sit80s.com. In the meantime, Brad and myself, we're going to hold our breath, make a wish, and count to three and stay hopelessly stuck in the 80s where we truly wish to be.
3: There is no life I know to compare imagination Living there You'll be free If you truly